The Drum Corps History Podcast, Episode 75. Drum Corps History Podcast, a deeper look into drum corps history. This week's episode, The Cadets LaSalle. Welcome back to the Drum Corps History Podcast. My name is Ron Allard from Diceman Radio. The following comes in part from an article written by Bill Searson for A History of Drum and Bugle Corps, Volume 2, published by Steve Vickers of Drum Corps World. In 1963, a drum corps emerged literally from the shadows of the magnificent granite peace tower of Parliament Hill in Canada's national capital of Ottawa. This group would go on to set the drum corps world on fire, but unfortunately the flame that was the Cadets LaSalle would burn out much too quickly, lasting for only one decade. Born out of the original Army Cadet program started by the Christian Brothers in 1911 at the Academy de LaSalle and under the direction of director Claude Bribois and in later years René Rockburn, the Red Sox was easily one of the most identifiable drum corps of its era and was well known for its flamboyant visual and musical style. Taking the field in red cadet-style hats, white satin blouses, red, black, and white sashes worn distinctively by the corps on the right side, and the famous Red Sox, the Cadets LaSalle always stood out in a sea of woolen tunics, heavy shakos, and feather plumes. The Corps fielded consistently strong horn lines under the instruction of first Maurice Legault and then André Campeau and featured a long list of exciting soloists through the years. Who can forget the haunting baritone solo in the Concert of Summertime played by Billy Cross in 1969 or Dennis Proulx's soprano solo in Johnny One Note from 
The great Jean LeBlanc set a new standard for top note players with his spine-tingling solos in both the opening and closing fanfares of 1970. He was joined by Marc Chartier and Michel Sardat for the stirring soprano trio in the opener of Jezebel. LeBlanc was followed by a succession of young up-and-comers, including the likes of Sergei Mercier, Claude Scott, and Monty Kirkpatrick in 1972 and 1973. The drum lines, under the instruction of Rockburn and later Rose St. John, assisted by Fred Johnson, were consistently top-rated and featured some of the biggest lines of the time. One of the great stories related about the big 1973 line, as told by a Toronto Optimist competitor, is about the South Stands at the CNE Stadium in Toronto shaking as the Cadets LaSalle drum line marched out of the tunnel and onto the field. In an article written for the Drum Corps publication The Ontarian in the spring of 1970, Mike Bowman said this about the Cadets LaSalle. Quote, One Corps has been in the Drum Corps headlines recently as the Cadets LaSalle of Canada's capital, Ottawa. This junior corps is one of the fastest rising in North America, and 1970 should see the results of this growth. The Red Sox have become one of the most noted corps on the continent. Known best for their unique French-Anglo style and well-disciplined members, the cadets may knock a few noted junior corps' heads come contest time. Throughout 1964 and 1965, LaSalle was just another corps, and who could tell that within three short years of existence they would become one of the most feared corps on Canadian soil. They lost out to the Toronto Optimists at the 1966 and 1967 Canadian Nationals by mere tenths.
1967 was a great year for LaSalle as they visited two provinces, seven states, and logged over 22,000 miles. The 1968 season was a considerably poor year, yet the cadets had the guts to stick it out, and with sheer determination and hard work, LaSalle was back in the forefront in 1969. All the work paid off, of course, as the cadets defeated a strong St. Joseph's of Batavia in June. This was a feat that no other junior corps from Canada had matched since 1966. It's too bad that LaSalle did not take many trips across the border in 1969, but this will soon become a thing of the past, unquote. During the summer of 1970, the Corps had the Drum Corps World talking after demolishing a strong field on August 15th in Kingston, New York by a full seven-point margin, and the next weekend knocking off the 1969 VFW champion Kilties in a tight battle at MacArthur Stadium in Syracuse, New York. Dave King wrote this in a late August edition of Drum Corps News. Quote, Amid speculation as to how they may have scored at the CYO Nationals last Wednesday, the LaSalle cadets swept past four of the nation's better-known corps here this evening before a capacity crowd at Dietz Memorial Stadium. The event was the Kingston Indians' sixth annual powwow of champions, and LaSalle's seven-point margin over Des Plaines' vanguard brought up the question of how good the cadets really are. Had they been in competition at Boston as originally scheduled, would they have held that seven-point margin, a spread that would have catapulted them into the top five? The LaSalle cadets were definitely the most superior corps in the show. The horn section showed good control throughout the performance, never overplaying or blasting, and the quality and intonation was excellent.
Unfortunately for the Corps, the fine summer of work could not be translated into a national title as the cadets lost to arch-rivals De La Salle Oaklands by a mere tenth of a point in an exciting contest held at Toronto's Varsity Stadium. Also, by the summer of 1970, the Corps that had once been comprised totally of students from the Academy had a membership that was now almost 60% comprised of members from Eastern Ontario and Western Quebec. The Corps was attracting the strongest players from the smaller neighboring Junior B Corps surrounding Ottawa, Arne Pryor, Carlton Place, Smith Falls, and Kingston in Ontario, and Gatineau, Buckingham, St. Jerome, and Montreal in Quebec. The following year of 1971 was somewhat of a rebuilding season, and much of the momentum that the Corps had gained in 69 and 70 was lost. There was a huge turnover in the horn line, and especially the drum line, but to the great credit of the members, they hung tough during a summer of repeatedly getting their noses bloodied. The summer of 1972 saw a much stronger Cadets LaSalle take the field, featuring five snares, five tenors, and for the first time in its history, a female banner section in the color guard. The rifle line was still tossing full-weight British Army-issue Enfield rifles and continued as an all-male section. The Corps had a full summer of competitions, including another stop at the Manning Bowl in Lynn, Massachusetts for the World Open, where they were rewarded with the High Execution Drums Trophy.
Unfortunately, a night of triumph soon degenerated into chaos as the bus driver on the drumline bus became disoriented by the weird number one chance from the back of the bus and took well over an hour to get back to the school's accommodations, even though they could see the school high on a hill from the valley where the bowl was situated. So instead of returning to receive accolades from the horn line, they returned to an empty gymnasium long vacated by young men in search of food and refreshments. The Corps' final year was one of its best ever. Scores went up and down from weekend to weekend and from judging panel to judging panel. Jezebel was played when the Corps won and Shaft was played when it lost. When the cadets lost, their fans got to hear all of Shaft as the Corps always seemed a little tardy leaving the field. While winning its fair share of contests against the Toronto duo De La Salle and Optimus and respected upstate rival St. Joe's, the Corps was always competitive and entertaining. The pressure of fielding a full-size drum and horn line that final season meant bringing in an all-female color guard, rifles included. The Corps fielded six experienced snares for the first time since 1970, but was forced to field five side tenors, as the Corps could not keep up with the new financial responsibilities of modern drum corps, and multi-tenors were just not an affordable option. The Corps' bills were adding up and travel was becoming more difficult. Equipment was now being carried aboard the buses as the equipment truck had been sold the previous summer. The Corps had no steady source of income and was running on the credit cards and largest of its directors, instructional staff, and friends. Cadets LaSalle, always being slightly isolated by geography, was now totally out of the Toronto Loop and with the inception of Drum Corps International felt it further muddied the water. A disappointing prelims at Canadian Nationals at Toronto CNE Stadium in early September led to then-director Rockburn making a classic on-field speech to the Corps at the evening finals. In language that was sometimes less than flattering, he employed the Corps to ignore the judges, who were by that time standing by with clipboards in hand, and to play to the strength which was the legion of fans at lovely old CNE. As the opening notes of one fine morning came back as an echo from that beautiful roof overhang of the stadium, members knew it would be a special night. Not only would the Corps tie De La Salle for the title of national champion in their own backyard, but it was arguably the most emotional performance of the Corps' 10-year history.
One week later, the Corps performed for the last time at a halftime of the Ottawa Rough Riders. Back at the Corps Hall, after the uniforms were removed and instruments cased for the last time, Cadets LaSalle was no more. That concludes this week's episode of the Cadets LaSalle. Please join us again next time as we take a deeper look into drum corps history. This podcast is produced and sponsored by DicemanRadio.com.